0: Hi, everybody. This is Tim Travis, CEO of TNT Capital Management, and thank you for joining us uh, today for this episode of the Dynamic Investing Podcast. And today, we're going to talk about 10 financial tips for 2024 and beyond. So let's see if uh, this thing works here. All right. So... Okay, so let's go ahead and let's get started. 10 financial tips for 2024 and beyond. Uh, Firstly, there's risk in all investing. Options aren't suitable for all investors. Uh, This is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results. Okay, so the first rule we're gonna talk about is the 401k match. So if you're lucky enough, uh, where your employer provides a 401k match, whether that's 3%, 4%, whatever, you wanna max that. That's just free money, it's an absolute no-brainer. That doesn't mean you you always have to max out your, your 401k contribution in total, which we'll talk about in the next rule, but you definitely wanna max out up to the match, okay? Um, so, so rule number one, never miss out on that opportunity. Oh, whoops. Sorry, went, went too far. Number two, the 401k isn't the only game in town. So a lot of 401ks, 403bs, they, they just don't have the best investment options for you. They might have expensive funds. They might have just a really limited amount of funds, a lot of target-dated funds. And, and, and it's, it's not great in many cases. So if you're in this situation, you're going to still want to take advantage of a 401k match that your company offers if they do offer one. But then what you can do is instead of maxing out your 401k contribution in total, you can open a traditional or a Roth IRA to make the remainder of your contributions just depending on your income level. So if you're able to, if you qualify, making a Roth IRA contribution is a no-brainer. I mean, it's just fantastic. Yes, you don't get the tax benefit up front, but all your growth and your distributions are tax-free. Uh, but either way, you know those, those vehicles, you, you have access to any type of investment pretty much. Uh, Whereas in the 401k or 403b, you're much more limited. But make sure you're you're maximizing your your retirement investments if you can. Uh, But I'm just saying they don't have to be the 401k or 403b. So, And then if you switch jobs, make sure you roll over those 401ks into an IRA. You're going to keep the same tax benefits, but you're going to have way more investment options than you do in your 401k. Same thing if you're 59 and a half years old, it's very likely that your company is gonna allow you to do an in-service uh, rollover, an in-service transfer. Uh, so, so talk to your administrator and see if that's something that's available. A lot of folks you know, don't realize that that's an option, but that allows you to invest that 401k however you see fit. You can still participate in the company match by keeping the 401k account open, but you're just transferring over funds uh, that you've already accumulated there. Uh, so that's rule number two. Rule number three, don't skip a contribution year. Sounds simple, but a lot of people forget, especially when you're younger. You know, you don't realize that you, you think, oh gosh, I need I need this money. I don't have a big cushion. But, you know, just make do. You got it. The earlier you start, the more the compounding takes place. Your your life will be so much easier by making those contributions each year. Just Make the sacrifice, whatever it means. Don't go out to dinners, you know, if, if that's if that's the cost. It'll get easier over time to make those contributions. But if you have earned income, contribute to your IRA, contribute to your 401k, contribute to your Roth. It's huge, hugely beneficial. And so not taking those tax benefits hurts you. Automate. Uh, so so uh, this is huge. So, so you're, you're investing to your retirement plans. And... You know, outside of having a three to six month cash cushion for, for an emergency, which is important, your surplus funds, you want to get them investing. And having a cash account in addition to your retirement accounts is fantastic. Yes, it's a taxable account, right? So it's not perfect, but you have full control over that money. It's going to allow you to compound your wealth, uh, you know, make that money work for you in a lot of great ways. You have you have full control over it. There's a lot of innovative strategies that we're able to do. So maybe you're saving up for a house in two years. Well, you need that money to grow in the interim. Perfect. You know, there's cat. There's there's strategies that we can do that are conservative, but that can still get you growth. Uh, and so and so, you know, automate that. Set up an ACH, whether it's two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, whatever the number is, but get that going into your cash account. And as long as you're not putting yourself in a deficit, you obviously don't want to have credit card debt or, or, or any debt outside of maybe a, a mortgage, maybe student loans, uh, maybe car payment. Uh, but, but, but this is where you know, that next batch of money should go from. And if you do this, your odds of being you know, well-established and successful in retirement go up dramatically. I mean, I see it, I see it in, in examples of clients all the time. And uh, it's been a big differentiator for me, I can tell you that. Uh, so, so outside of the IRAs, that's a great way to go. Rule number five, Roth conversions. Roth IRAs are one of the most powerful tools out there uh, because any growth, any distributions are tax-free. So yes, you have to hold the money for five years, uh, but at 59 and a half, you get full access to it. It's just so, so powerful. And so even if you can't qualify for a Roth, if you make too much money or you and your partner make too much money, you can still do Roth conversions. Uh, So so what we recommend doing is we want to chunk. So so because when you're converting money from a traditional IRA or 401k to a Roth, you're paying taxes because you did not pay taxes going into those accounts. Uh, So you're going to pay taxes. So we want to chunk up to the level where it would increase your tax bracket. Uh, So, so it's something that takes a little bit of work, uh, but it's not too hard to do, uh, and you can definitely work with us to do it. But, but you know, you pay the price up front with just you know higher near term tax bills, but all the benefits, all of the growth, all of the future distributions are tax free. So, imagine having a million, two million, five million dollar Roth IRA. You know, those are out there. Believe me. Uh, So, so Roth conversions take advantage of them. Social Security as many retirees know and people close to retirement social security takes on a very big importance it's going to be your primary or or one of your few sources of guaranteed income so determining when to begin drawing on that money is just a huge decision and so so you want to know all the the pros and the cons so talk to people about it uh you know your health your likely lifespan how long did your parents live to you know, are there other assets that you can draw from to defer drawing on social security so that your guaranteed benefit grows? You know, if a lot of times when people are looking at their break, even on, on, you know, if I were to draw early versus drawing later, they're not factoring in the potential investment growth. So if you're drawing early, but you're investing that money, the the math changes quite a bit. Excuse me one sec. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, so, uh, You know, so I want you to really take that into consideration. You know, are there, you know, you have spousal benefits possibly, survivor benefits. There's a lot of different things uh, that that we want to take into consideration. So what we do see is that some people don't carefully plan how they're going to take their social security distributions and they make a mistake and it really costs them. And when you're on a fixed income, those types of mistakes can be fairly devastating. So let's avoid them by planning it out. Uh, So, so that's something that we will help you with. Give us a call. So now when we're retiring, we're going to work on a budget. And, and so a lot of people, they'll allocate 10,000 a year, 15,000 a year for, for travel, you know, if, if you're lucky. Uh, And, and some people a lot more than that. Uh, And, and what I talk to people about is it's important to understand how our bodies change and and, and the reality is, is that the, the trips you're doing in your sixties are have a way higher probability of being just fantastic for you where you can do the stuff you want to do, get around comfortably than they are in your 70s. So so you know, there's a lot of people now that that are in great health in the 70s. Some people say the seventies is the new fifty or the fifties or the new seventies and whatever. Or no, the seventies and the new fifties. Sorry. Got confused there. But uh, but but yeah, I mean you you want to pay careful attention to that and and you know factor in higher travel expenses if you can afford it in those earlier golden years. And then you know dial it down and and, and maybe it's a cruise instead of going to Europe and, and walking around. Something like that. But, but it's important just to take that into consideration because it, it really does stink when when people want to travel, but, but you know, their body just won't let them. Okay, so I, I had a little chuckle today. I was thinking about this. So I'm 41 and a half years old. So I was in high school in the late 1990s during the tech bubble. And I remember having like an econ course and and – one of the projects was you just would pick a stock and see which one does the best over the next three months. And there was no talk about fundamentals or anything like that because that's how the market was back then. It was just gambling, you know, and, and it, it, for a lot of people. And, and the fundamentals didn't make sense. And then 2000, I go to college and, and the market had begun its bust. The tech bubble collapsed. And from peak to trough, the tech stocks dropped 80%. Uh, the S&P was down over 50%. And so, you know, it was a great era for value investing. Value investing had a fantastic run from 2000 to 2007. And then 2008 comes and we have the financial crisis. So stocks hadn't even recovered, you know, to their former highs. And now here's the S&P dropping 50% again. And this was a way worse recession than 2000. So, So horrendous recession. Many people lost their jobs. Many people lost their homes. And the reality is there's been numerous periods where stocks have underperformed treasury bills for over a decade. So 1929, 1947, 1968 to 1985, 2000 to 2013. So, you know, older investors or investors that study history will understand this. There's a lot of kind of younger advisors, younger investors out there that think, well, you know, if stocks will drop, yes, but then they are going to recover right away, you know, or, and they don't, they don't properly understand it. That is not always what occurs. So starting valuations matter. Interest rates matter. If you've only been investing in a market where interest rates have been dropping, your experience is not the reality in a, in a rising interest rate environment. So sequence risk, you know, baby boomers are retiring. They're, they're close to retirement. They've been retired. They, they can't afford a 40 to 50% uh, drawdown early in retirement. It, it it makes things so much worse, so much more stressful. So that's why, you know, at, at, at TNT Capital Management, for instance, we hand select attractive bonds. You know, we got, we got, we were buying bonds when, when rates were really uh, rising and, and when spreads were wide during, during the bank panic and stuff like that in 2023, we were getting like 12 to 14% yield to maturities on some investment grade credits, believe it or not. Uh, so really high quality, definitely double digits on quite a bit of stuff. There's still good opportunities, but, but those, those, those investments produce fantastic returns with relatively low risk in our estimation. REITs had a huge sell-off. So we were able to buy just fantastic, still growing REITs at really high yields, investment grade quality. And then we'll also use conservative income generating strategies such as cover calls and cash-secured puts. Uh, which can really improve your risk profile as well and enhance the income. So don't get too aggressive. Health savings accounts. This is one of my favorite tools. Uh, It's just fantastic what you can do. So you have to have a high deductible healthcare plan to qualify, but but it's even better than a Roth in some respects because you get tax deductions going in. So when you put money into a health savings account, you can deduct that. It grows tax-free. And then when you pull the money out, it's tax-free as long as it's used for qualified medical expenses. So it's it's even better in a Roth in some respects, although you do have to make sure you're using the money for qualified medical expenses. Uh, You know, unfortunately, for folks like myself, I'm in California, but states like California and New Jersey don't recognize HSAs. So please keep that in mind. You know, talk to your advisor, talk to your tax professional about it. Um, But HSAs are extraordinary. Then the last one, folks, make it easy for your family. We we all we never under we never know when it's our time to go. So just make sure you're double checking, updating your pen beneficiaries periodically. Make sure that you have the proper amount of life insurance. You know, it's it's you have you have people that pass and then you talk to their surviving spouse and when when you know that they have million dollars two million dollars of life insurance which they can use to pay off the mortgage and help cover bills for the next few years you know the relief is huge it obviously doesn't doesn't take away the grief by any means of course not but but just being prepared you can you can make make that time period so much easier for your you know surviving spouse and your children uh state planning comes into play and we can assist you with all those types of things but but just don't take that lightly. Even if you're in your late 20s and you're having your first child or early 30s, you know, just make sure that you're thinking about insurance and, and you know, your beneficiaries. You don't want to be you know, bequeathing your assets to an ex-wife from 15 years ago that you don't talk to anymore, I imagine. So, well, that concludes uh, the, the presentation. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to schedule a free consultation, if you're not already a client, uh, you know what we do is we manage accounts. Uh, our primary custodian Schwab, and then we're going to hand select uh, securities in your portfolio, really tailor it to you based on your investment objectives and risk tolerance, and we dynamically manage things. So we use conservative income generating tra- and income generating strategies like covered calls and cash secured puts. I started the firm almost uh, 13 years ago now, and and the reason why was because I just wasn't I didn't like a lot of the larger firms that I'd worked for. I didn't feel that I would want to invest my own money that way. So I wanted to start a firm where, where uh, you know, it's how I invest my own money, my family's money, that sort of thing. So thanks so much. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. Join us uh, next week. We'll have another episode on the Dynamic Investing Podcast. And thank you.